I'm going to pop this back up. Is that right, John? No, 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 please don't feel bad about it. But I want to refer to that again in a moment. Hey, do you like weddings? Do you like weddings? Go, put your hand up. Put, put your hand up if you like weddings. Yeah. Um, we, um, we, we had... Uh, anybody looking forward to one? <laughs> They've gone very red. It's okay. I know. All right. I've worked it out. Okay. Somebody going... I've got to tell you about the, the, the last wedding that we were at was um, uh, I have three daughters and uh, the middle of my three daughters, Amy, uh, she got married in November. Um, but I've got to tell you the story because it uh, just, just winds me up. Um, she's, uh, she's great, is Amy. Amy's one of those kids who's, who's led a charmed life. Um, she, uh, she decided to take a year out between college and, and university and uh, actually, it ended up as two years out because <laughs> she couldn't be bothered to go. Um, in, that, in that time, she was part of a church over at Fair Oak, and, and uh, uh, she uh, started going along, and she started helping out uh, first, and then she got a job um, in a nursery school. And uh, she really enjoyed it, and so she kind of stayed there. And, and one day there was an inspection going on, and Hampshire County Council came along and stuff, and were doing this inspection. And while the inspection was going on, Amy gets called into the boss's office, and, and uh, the, the, the woman from Hampshire County Council and her boss said, look, what are you going to do at the end of this, your second year out between college and university? Are you going to go to university? And Amy said, I don't know. It's a good job nobody knows Amy, isn't it? Because otherwise she'd tell me off, but... She said, I don't know. And they said, well, look, I'll tell you what. If you were to stay here working part-time and go to university at the same time and do a foundation degree, we'll pay for it. They ended up paying for the whole of her degree when she's now got a degree in early years and stuff and, she'd ne- and no debt. It's great, John. It's brilliant. One day somebody came up to her and said, Amy, um, I've been praying and, and God's told me to give you my car. And Amy said, well, I can't actually afford the insurance at the moment. And she said, that's fine. I'll sell the car, put the money in the bank. When you need it, tell me. I mean, this is, this is my daughter, right? And Amy, um, Amy has, has been friends with this guy, Sam, for, for years. Um, in fact, uh, they've worked in the local church together, and they ended up living in a shared house together in, in you know, different rooms and stuff, but, you know, shared kitchen and stuff in the same house. And Sam, it turns out, Sam fancied her summer rotten right but he just couldn't pluck up the courage to ask her because he was he was he thought she was way out of his league well she is but you know um <laughs> that she was way out of his there is a point to this all right we'll get there in a minute john it's okay i've got a sermon as well to do but i thought i'd just share this so anyway in the end he plucked up courage to ask my daughter out okay he text her in the room next door. He actually heard her phone ring when the message went through. He asked her out and she made him wait another two months before she decided yes. So in February last year, she phoned me, or she texted us, didn't she? I was in London at the time, and she texted me and she said, Hello, Dad, how are you? Might see you at the weekend. Oh, by the way, Sam and I are going to hang out a bit and see what happens. So I texted her back and said, Oh, gosh, never saw that coming. In the summer, we get another one that says, Sam and I went for a walk last night. That was significant. And there's a picture of her left hand with the engagement ring that he had bought her. In November, they got married. 
we are absolutely thrilled to bits because it's a relationship built on friendship and so on. So now we're going to read the story of another marriage. See, there was a link. <laughs> so if you've got a Bible handy, can I say, there's a, there are Bibles there. Check them out because um, th- that's the textbook, all right? And, and the danger is, if you don't check out what I'm saying in the textbook, I could come out with a load of rubbish. I'd never be invited back, but um, I could come out with that. So the textbook is there. So uh, we're going to turn Judges 14. Judges 14. Um, and uh, it's the story of Samson. Okay. So Judges 14, and I'm starting to read at verse 1. Um, And we'll see how we go. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. And when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for uh, for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all your people or our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one. His parents didn't know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother, and as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, so he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he'd done. And then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later... When he went back to Maria, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scooped out with his hands, and he ate as he went along. When he joined his parents, he gave some to them, and they ate too, but he didn't tell them that he'd taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman, and Samson made a feast there, as was customary for uh, for bridegrooms. And when he appeared, he was given 30 companions. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. Tell us the riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He replied, out of the eater something to eat out of the strong something sweet and for three days they couldn't give him an answer we'll leave it there um, because then it all kind of breaks down and stuff so many lessons here that we could look at but there's something in particular that I want to share with you uh, this morning can we just bow our heads let's just pray shall we Um, Father God um, thank you for weddings and, and for all of that and thank you Um, for this story. Thank you for this riddle. Thank you for all that there is in this. But Lord Jesus, as we look at your word this morning, we've already sung it. We've already prayed it. I'm going to pray it again. Open our ears, Lord, that we might hear what you're saying to us as individuals and as a church in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, As I was praying about today and, and thinking about 
Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, sometimes I go to a church, John, and, and the, the minister will say, right, this is the series we're working on, and you've got to do these three verses. And they virtually tell me what it is that I've got to preach. All right? Then you get the other extreme, where John says, I oh, can do what you like. Um, which means you've got 60... So as I was praying, um, and I was praying for you guys, and praying for the church here, and praying about the church here, I just felt that there was something that God wanted to say this morning about those goals, those dreams those visions, those words that God has given us in the past and the barriers and the things that get in the way that prevent those things from happening. And so what I want to do this morning, just very quickly, is to focus a bit on the first 11 verses um, of of this reading, of this chapter, of this story. Um, and, and, but at the same time, to share a bit about some of the stuff that's going on at Southampton City Mission and, and, and such like at the same time. So uh, kind of two for the price of one or something. Um, or bog off, isn't it? Buy one, get one free. So we'll do that. So um, those first four verses. Um, Samson has gone down to Timna and he spotted this girl that he really fancies. All right. Let's, let's be absolute. That's what's happened here. He's gone on holiday, and he's spotted this girl that he really... I nearly said something wrong there. Um, he, he spots this girl that he really, really fancies. When... Um, I will get into trouble for this, okay, because my wife is here. Um, but um, when 20... Well, it must have been about 25 years ago. So I, I know it's only 24 years, all right? It's okay, but about 25 years ago... Um, uh, Annette and I bumped into each other. We hadn't seen each other for about 14 years. And um, uh, we started seeing each other. Uh, we'd only seen each, been seeing each other for about a week. Um, and uh, I'd gone away on a conference uh, in London. And uh, Annette, it was great. I was staying in digs with, with a mate of mine in London. And, and, and we wrote to each other every day. Sick, isn't it? Um, anyway, we, no, no, but that's what you do, isn't it? You know, it's, you know, and we wrote to each other every day. And on the Wednesday, the Wednesday I get a letter from Annette, and it said that um, at the weekend she'd seen her dad, and, <laughs> and that she'd told him that she'd met somebody and that she was getting married. She hadn't told me that at this stage. Um, and, and stuff. And I'll never forget, do you remember the barbecue? We went to a barbecue, didn't we, at her dad's house, right? Um, we went to this barbecue, and um, these, they were great barbecues. But anyway, we're doing the barbecue, and we're partway through the barbecue. You'll love this. You'll love this, right? Her dad says to me, David says to me, um, come and see my geraniums. <laughs> and it was great, because it was absolutely classic. So he takes me to his greenhouse to show me his geraniums, where he said to me, so what is it that you do for a living? <laughs> I hear my wife and my daughter's going to marry, you know. Samson went on holiday, and he saw this girl that he really fancied and decided that he was going to marry her. And, and, and parents, a bit like Annette's dad, I think, um, they, they, were, they were a bit concerned about this because they were a bit concerned that he'd gone off to the Philistines and he'd found this girl there and, and, and that she wasn't one of their people. So they had real concerns about this. You know, why, why couldn't you find somebody local? Why do we have to go all the way down to Timna? You know, it's like having to go to Portsmouth, isn't it? Um, you know, why have we got to go and all that journey and stuff? Um, but what they didn't realize, listen to this, verse 4, it says, his parents did not know that this was from 
the Lord, because the Lord wanted to do something in particular. I wonder what it is, if there's something that God's really laid on your heart. Uh, It was in this building um, in November 1993 that a group of 100 or so people from churches right across the city of Southampton agreed together that there was a call on my life and that I should be appointed as the new, then, city missioner. Okay, so I've been in my post now for 22 and a half years, um, and it happened here, so it's all your fault. Um, so I've got to have somebody to blame. Um, and I remember, look, back then, you know, one of, the, one of the words, one of the visions, one of the things that God laid on my heart was the eradication of the effects of poverty in this city. Now, we know, don't we, that we'll always have the poor with us, but actually to, to get rid of the effects of poverty, the pain of poverty. And, and actually that's how Basics Bank came about. It's how Scratch came about. Um, you know, uh, Basics Bank now, we're, we're, we're still feeding people around 700 times, about 7,000 times a year. Um, you know, that, uh, sorry, 700 times a month. And so, you know, that's still going on. The stuff that Scratch is doing. Absolutely remarkable. We know that those figures are not going to drop. We know that there's an ongoing issue in the city. Uh, if ever we thought that we were going to get rid of poverty by 2020, um, that, that's forget it. It's getting worse, not better. Um, and so there's the work of Southampton City. So the work that we're doing at Basics Bank, the work we're doing at Scratch came out of that vision to eradicate the effects of poverty. Do you know, there was a report written a while back by Southampton City Council. They did a, uh, both Annette and I were invited to a scrutiny panel at Southampton City Council. And afterwards, in the report that was written, and this is in the public domain, so I'm allowed to say this, in the report that was written afterwards, it actually said that when Southampton City Council think about emergency provision for people who are suffering from poverty in the city of Southampton, they think of two charities. Southampton City Mission and Scratch. Do you know what that means? That means that when it comes to poverty in this city... The two organisations that the, 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 uh, the, the city council look to are both church. Isn't that brilliant? It's the church that's meeting that particular need and that is recognised by the city. The other bit of, of, of the vision that God gave me at that time was, was every child in every school. Every child in every school. So you've seen the film, you've, you've heard a bit about that, so we're doing assemblies in schools all over the city <coughs> and further afield. Uh, we're doing uh, these Question of Faith days. Uh, we've started to develop prayer spaces in schools, uh, which is just absolutely remarkable. Uh, a work around transitions, so the time when children move from uh, junior school to senior school, there's that whole kind of thing that goes on then, and we're doing some work around transition at that time. 48 schools at the moment we're working in, and last year we got to speak. Listen to this, this is brilliant. We got to tell children about Jesus. Guess how many kids we spoke to? 13,602 children. What an opportunity. You know, right now, the door is wide open, particularly in primary schools. The, the, the door is wide open. That door may not always be wide open, but right now, it's wide, wide open. Let me ask you a question. What is it that God laid on your heart? What was it that God said to you? 
What is it that God is saying to you right now that he wants you involved in? You know these schools, I put this back up here for a reason. I, first of all, I'm absolutely amazed at the coverage of schools. You know, from Eastleigh to Hamble, um, from King Edwards to Fairhope. You know, you've got, you've got right across the spectrum of schools, right across, geographically, right across the city. You're involved, or you've got children who are involved in schools across the city. We've got more and more schools coming on board. We've got a major problem. What that film was about was volunteers, people coming to work with us in those schools. It's great fun. It is such good fun. Um, so please, if, if you're interested in doing that, come and have a chat with me afterwards and we can, we can set things up. What was it? What's your dream? What was it that God laid on your heart? What's your goal? What's your vision? Verse 5, um, very quickly, verse 5. I've lost it, it's gone. Verse 5, first part of verse 5. Samson went down to Timnah together with his mother and father. Despite the fact that his mum and dad were not very uh, thrilled to bits about this idea, um, he went, he was determined, he was absolutely determined that he was going to go back to Timnah and that he was going to come back with a wife. Just uh, turn with me if you want to. These are verses that are very, very well known. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You see, he was absolutely determined that he was going to get where it was that God had told him to go. His mum and dad didn't get it, but he was told... But he was determined that he was going to get what God had laid on his heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus. One of the things that we're doing right now at Southampton City Mission is looking. I've got to be careful here because one of my trustees is here. All right? And she's listening. I know. I can see it. Um, but we're looking for new opportunities. We're looking for new chances, new opportunities, new schools. Uh, one of the things that's starting to open up is special needs schools. Um, we're looking at developing a whole network. If you're involved in schools work at the moment, out of your local church, what we're looking at the moment is trying to form a network of schools workers right across the city. It's going to be called Your School Southampton, and we, we want to have a network so that we're supporting each other and resourcing each other. New opportunity that's beginning to emerge, and my trustees don't know about this because I haven't told them yet. Um, but, so, so don't listen to this bit, Margaret, all right? Um, but chaplaincy, workplace chaplaincy. Fantastic opportunities are beginning to rise up to actually get alongside people in the workplace. Yeah. To be an independent extra pair of ears for people just to share what's going on. And that determination as well, we, you know, we face challenges. We've got rising numbers at Basics Bank. We know that there are things about to start happening and, uh, that, that are going to mean the, the numbers of people that we're feeding at Basics Bank are going to go up again. We know that there's a need for more schools volunteers. We know that we need more volunteers working with us at Basics Bank. We need more drivers. We need volunteer um, supervisors. But Samson was determined that he was going to go and get what God had laid on his heart. And so he went. 
But you know, there are things that get in the way, aren't there? Um, and we get the first, the second half of verse 5. Um, so he's on his way. And as they approach the vineyards of Tinnah, suddenly this young lion pops up. Now, can I just say that if a young lion had suddenly turned up on Southampton Common, I'd have probably turned around and gone back home. All right? I'm, just got, I'm not into lions. I'm not into pain, particularly when I'm involved. Um, but, you know... The trouble is, that's what happens, isn't it? That we are suddenly faced with something. Some barrier. Something stands in the way of our vision being fulfilled. And so often, we give in. But not Samson. He faced that trial. He faced that thing that was trying to prevent him from going on and reaching the goal that God had set for him. I've got to be very careful here as well. Can I tell you some of the trials that we've faced over the uh, last 22 years? And one of them, and I am going to get hurt for this because we've got one of these sat here as well. But do you know working with volunteers is like herding cats? (laughs) That's all right, Sarah. It is. It's like herding cats. It, um, it's, it's bad enough for the employees, but it's hard. It's like herding cats. Well, the other one that I've heard it described as working with, you must know this, John. I mean, we're in a church because it's all volunteers, isn't it? Yeah? Of course you couldn't, but it's <laughs> sculpting jelly. Yeah? It's, yeah? But that's what he's, I'll tell you, no, it's wonderful people. <laughs> Uh, is, is some of the other trials, I, I remember once we, we, um, we had to sack a guy because he picked up a gas bottle and threatened to kill one of our members of staff. Uh, he then took me to court um, and stuff. But, and we've had to make people redundant in the past. And we've faced illnesses and people off sick for long term. We've faced financial difficulties. All barriers that could have said... I'll pack it in. Let's stop. Right now, Southampton City, and this is no secret, um, Southampton City Mission, we're we're okay at the moment. We're all right Uh, financially, except that uh, we're kind of eating into our reserve at the tune of £5,000 a month. Uh, So it's not going to last forever. So, uh, look, church, would you pray with us? Would you pray with us that God release the resources to enable the work that Southampton City Mission is continuing? We face these trials. That's, that's the sort of stuff that we face. And it would be so easy, wouldn't it, to say, do you know what, that's it, forget it. What got in the way of you achieving what it was that God wanted you to do? Yeah. Or what is it that you're facing right now? What's the barrier right now? Because listen to the next bit. I love this. Verse 6, it says there, the spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he tore that lion, he tore that barrier. He taught the tore the thing that was preventing him from doing what God wanted him to do, tore it to bits. I love that. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And that's what we need, isn't it? When we're faced with those things, whether it's financial, whether it's volunteers, whether it's trustees, whether you know, whatever it is that we're facing, that is preventing us from reaching what God has laid on our hearts, actually we need the Spirit of God to come on us so that we can tear that thing, tear that barrier down. Because that's what he did. And I love this. Verse 8 and 9. 
Um, it says there, sometime later he went back to Maria and he turned aside and he looked at the lion's carcass and in it, inside this thing that had tried to prevent him from doing what God wanted him to do, inside of the thing that was going out to kill him and to finish him off, out of this thing that was trying to stop him reaching God's perfect place for him was honey. I love that. The other uh, promise that God gave me back 22 years ago was, and it was very simple, and, it, and, and, and I know it was God because he keeps on coming back and saying it again. Whenever I think, oh my goodness, it's all falling apart, he just whispers in my ear, I will prosper you. This isn't about prosperity teaching or any of that rubbish. This, this I will prosper you. I will make, this will work. I will prosper you. I'll walk with you. I'll be with you. And I've proved that over and over and over again. That despite it all, despite every single thing that we've faced over the years, and believe me, over the last 22 years we've faced some stuff, every time that's happened, that little word has been whispered in my ear, I will prosper you. Honey out of the lion's carcass. So here we go, a couple of questions for you. What is it that God asked you to do? What is it that God laid on your heart? What is it that's on your heart, burning in your heart right now that you would love to do for Jesus? What is it? What is it that God has promised you? And here's the big question. What is it that's preventing that from happening? What is the lion? What's your lion? What is it that's standing in the way of you achieving what it is that God has laid on your heart? So I want to read some verses from, I love these verses. This is from the beginning of Ephesians. So if you've got the Bible, Ephesians chapter 1. And I think as a promise for us, this is Paul's prayer. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. This is Paul speaking. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above rule and authority power and dominion, every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You know, this message, I think, um, I I, I, kind of sensed uh, when God laid this on my heart that there are maybe one or two individuals, people here, Um, that this is for. There may be some here that God has laid something on your heart that you really, you know it's from God. 
And it's time to move. It's time to do something about that. There's others. Some, God laid something on your heart in the past. And something got in the way. And actually it's time today to rise up in God's strength and tear that barrier apart and move on. And actually also it's for maybe for the church. I know that you've faced struggles here um, and stuff and buildings and things. Um, that you face those things. And I think this is a word of encouragement to the church here as well. You know what? That barrier's gone. And actually now it's time to go strive towards that goal, that thing that God laid on your heart as a leadership, as a church in this place. So let's bow our heads, shall we? Let's pray. You see, the result is blessing to enjoy. Father God, thank you for this story. Thank you for this young man, Samson, who, who was determined to get what it was that you'd laid on his heart, so determined that even when he was faced with barriers, he was able to move through that. He was able, to, in your strength, to tear that down and to move on. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you speak to us. You speak into our hearts, and you lay on our hearts your dreams and your visions the things that you want for us, not just individually, but as church. And Father, I pray, Lord, if you've laid something specific on somebody's heart, Lord, would you this morning enable them to move forward with that? If there are barriers in the way, Father, by your spirit, give us the strength to tear that barrier down. And Lord Jesus, we come before you and we pray, Father, would you fulfill what it is that you've laid on our hearts, individually, and corporately. In Jesus' name. Amen.